Welcome back to the Mad Yet Mighty podcast. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone, and we are post-Thanksgiving haze. Is that how everyone else is feeling? Like we're entering in those days of like, okay, now what holiday is it? And we have like a couple of weeks and like, then it's Christmas and then we get hit with New Year's and then like after New Year's and January, we're just like depressed because we've just been hit bang, 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 bang with with ups and downs, family, cheer, Hallmark movies, things to look forward to, and then it's over like with a blink of an eye. So how's everyone doing post-Thanksgiving? Are we doing okay? Are you hanging in there? Are you recovering from maybe um, traumatic family events? Or maybe you're living in a state of gratitude because you actually got to spend time with your family this year. Wherever you are, um, I want to meet you where you're at. Um, I actually just got home today from being in Cincinnati for the last week with my family, um, which was nice because I feel like ever since moving and having like these large breaks in between, like I look forward to I look forward to going home. I look forward to kind of mentally unplugging, unwinding. Um, And then, you know, once I arrive and I'm there, there are things that do surface. And I know that I'm not the only one who goes through this. This is very, very common. Things that resurface that maybe you felt when you were a kid or maybe the things... um, I don't know, habits, routines that you've tried working on and have been trying to work on as an adult all come rushing back to you when you're in the face of family. And that's a really hard thing, I think, to like grapple with because then you're feeling guilty. You want to be present. You know, for me, um, I love my family. I love my family. 100% absolutely every single one of them mean the world to me have been there through everything love me unconditionally maybe sometimes to a fault and um but that doesn't you know it's everyone goes through it you know your parents go through it with their parents and your you know cousins go through it with their parents your friends or whatever or whoever like this is something that literally is like a a um mutual human experience um and it's something that i know has been more brought to the surface of like talking about and you know there there are people who really struggle at this time and it might be because there's family members who are no longer present this year that were last year and who have passed or um maybe not passed but just are no longer in your life Or, you know, you go home to really traumatic memories. Or maybe you don't go back home at all. And you're living like this new life. You're thanks living this new life of making new rituals for yourself and your loved ones. Or, you know, whatever it may be. I know that, um, you know, we're all going through it right now. We're all going through something. I think for me, you know, personally, I always, as we live in this day of comparison, you know, just to like, you know, kind of go there with you so you know where I'm feeling and where I'm coming from is, you know, going home 
to a family of being the oldest child and being the oldest child and being single, no kids, no, you know, like contenders, that is already a pressure, but it becomes an even more kind of like apparent thing, whereas like people are talking about marriages and 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 honeymoons and babies and all of these beautiful things that I love and support and celebrate and I'm so happy to be able to be a part of, right? I mean, that's a, like a blessing in itself. But you feel like the conversation maybe comes a little bit short when it comes to you, right? People don't know what to talk to you about. They ask you, you know, the thing that they know on the surface and then that's really it. Um you know, and I actually went home and went into this Thanksgiving really not really thinking about that, really not really focusing on my relationship status, to be quite honest with you, because I have a million other things going on in my life that always is kind of lurking in the background. Trust me, it's always lurking in the background. How could it not be, right? Um, but I really didn't go into Thanksgiving going home like like dreading it at all. Um, but I, you know, I'd, I'd be lying if I say that there weren't moments in time where I feel like I was sitting there and I feel like I kind of had to slap myself and go, you know, you're a 30 year old woman. Like you're not the like 16 year old living underneath your parents roof anymore. You know, like you are a progressed being like you don't have to fall into those. You don't have to fall into that role. It is so, it's so bizarre how easy it is to fall back into roles that you once played around family. Like you might, you might prepare and you might meditate and you might, or if you pray, if you were a believer, you might pray or you might grab your crystals and put them in your pocket or say whatever, have little things to, to like keep you grounded in who you are. But it just doesn't matter. When you go back, it's like one of the strongest feelings that you just kind of fall back, right? You know, there was a moment where I had just being human, where I kind of had a little bit of a, towards the end of my trip, I kind of snapped a little bit um, on one of my family members and then kind of like felt like this shame and guilt and then kind of put myself in this weird place for like the rest of the evening, which I then, you know, apologized for being short and kind of just snapping, which is big for me because maybe I would, I don't think I would have done that um, back when I was, and it's been years now since I've lived underneath my parents' roof, but that's something that I have progressed on of being able to say I'm sorry when I'm wrong. Um, and that's something that I've had to learn over the years of how to do. Um, even if it is a family member, it doesn't matter. You should be able to say you're sorry when you have visibly hurt somebody's feelings, right? Um, so, but that little moment, that little trigger felt like it set me like decades back, but I, I, you know, I, I I was able to snap myself out of it. Um, but they're weird feelings and, you know, and I'm, like I said, I'm very grateful that like, I don't have anything that's like, well, you know, we all have childhood traumas and you can't compare your traumas to somebody else's because you're only living in your experience. So your thresholds are only what you know, right? Like you don't know someone else's threshold. So like it's so unfair to compare you and to think maybe that your things don't matter as much because of, of you know, said person's other circumstances. Like that doesn't, that needs to go out the door. 
And, you know, this is even going forward into, you know, Christmas. I mean, we have and then New Year's or whatever that looks like, you know, there's going to be a lot more headed our way. So stay strong in yourself. Stay strong in the progress that you've made. And, you know, I think above all else is like what I really try to do too and what I'm going to continue to try to do through the holiday season is like pull yourself out of your internalness and like the you and like focus on the people around you. Focus on catching up with your aunt who you don't get to see all the time and ask her how she's doing and and beyond that, like get into some details, like have some fun conversations. Like maybe you don't want to talk to your uncle and that's totally fine and pick somebody else or, um, you know, like a cousin or a friend or a grandparent, whoever you have the, whoever you're around, whoever that might look like, you know, try to pull yourself and I'm going to, and I'm, you know, talking to myself when I'm saying this, like try to pull yourself out of the you and the me and what am I doing? And this is, and I feel this way and just, just, just try to focus. And that at least might make it a little easier to get through, you know? Um, but yeah, that's just, that's my little bit of like kind of decompression and two cents about as we enter in, you know, the holiday seasons are just beginning. So it's something that I think we're going to continue to feel. Um, and it's okay. Like, it's okay. You are further than where you were when you when you lived at home. You know, you're doing things that that are meaningful. And we just need to go into any kind of like family gathering, like with that in mind um, and feeling confident in your answers when somebody asks you something, you know, like I feel like sometimes we can take questions. I know this is something that I do personally. Um, Sometimes we can take questions as like insults when I think sometimes people ask questions just because they don't know how else to like start conversation and they're inquiring because they're trying to like show that they have interest in you, not because that not because they're trying to like pinpoint something that's wrong about you. Now, there are there that being said, there are going to be nosy aunts maybe or uncles or cousins or second cousins or step a, a step parent or um, maybe a friend or whatever, whoever, once again, is is in your life where there might be people who do have ill intent. And, you know, that's unfortunate. And I'm pretty sure you can sniff those people out. But I think we have to get something that I want to get better at. And this is something that I've been kind of cognizant of for a while now is when somebody asks us a question to not be annoyed by the question because we think that they're prying because they're trying to find something wrong with us, but more so that they're asking us the question because they're trying to connect with us and they're trying to find something to talk to you about. So if you shut them down and give a shitty response or a quick response or a short response, they're going to take that cue as, ooh, okay, well, I guess I won't, and you know, ask really anymore. So I think that's something that maybe shift of like perspective that we can try to think of going into Christmas. I'm gonna, I'm gonna really try to show up. I mean, I'm gonna be real. Like, I like went to Thanksgiving comfy. I went to Thanksgiving to like eat. I went to Thanksgiving to just kind of like be because I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I am somebody who. I have a very difficult time feeling comfortable in front of 
to be me and to talk how I talk and to like in front of extended family. It's something that I've never really felt comfortable about. I think it's because I've always have assumed the role of the older sister and the younger sibling or, you know, sibling or siblings have always been the loud and the funny and being able to like connect. And I've always struggled with that. You know, that's just me being vulnerable. Like I have struggled with being able to be me in front of extended family. And I have certain, you know, solo relationships and, um, you know, I, show up and I'm and kind and I'm loving and I actually um it was so kind of surprising um my aunt this year so we always do Thanksgiving at my um my aunt and uncle's house and then my parents host Christmas Eve but my aunt actually gathered us all around before we ate and um asked me to say the blessing which kind of it completely took me off guard because that side of the family, like we don't, we've never prayed before dinner um, or ex- prayed before Thanksgiving dinner or had a blessing or said something. Um, and my aunt gathered everyone around and asked me and said that I was going to do it and looked at me and was just like, you're doing it. Like, yep. And I was like, oh, 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 yep, yep. I'm doing it. Okay. Um, and I, and I honestly took it as an honor that I was even asked to do it. And, um, you know, it was something that we had just a couple months ago had, um, lost my grandpa and he was like the last on my dad's side. Um, he was the last, you know, my grandma passed years ago and, um, he wasn't with us this Thanksgiving and that was strange and, um, different. And it was something that needed to be acknowledged and I acknowledged it. Um, and I feel like it was in that little moment, I feel like I was able to contribute in a way to that Thanksgiving that I haven't been able to contribute to my family before. Um, so that was like really special because I'm kind of getting emotional talking about it. Um, one, to pray in front of family that doesn't really pray together, but everyone all is in their own, is in their own experiences, um, was really special and just was uh, really cool for me. So that was my little contribution besides eating three plates of charcuterie. And I mean, I didn't even care. I was out the door. I didn't, I wasn't even thinking about like, ooh, like portion, like no, screw off. This is Thanksgiving. I'm going to eat when I want to eat. And I'm telling you what, after the three glasses of champagne and the three plates of charcuterie and then my plate of dinner, I literally couldn't even go back for seconds. And normally I always go back for seconds. Like I'm a seconds kind of gal. And um, I like couldn't even move. So like I was then permanently planted on the couch for the rest of the evening. I felt like I was on a completely different planet. Um, And yeah, got to help my cousin's baby, feed a baby. I've just been really much about, I've been so about babies recently. It's wild. I love babies. I love kids. And I know that there's a point in time when you have your own kids and you want to just shake them like a monkey. But like, I love kids and I love babies. I got to spend time with one of my best friends, um, my best friend and her baby, which just like brings me so much joy. I just can't even begin to like describe, but just like the babies and my sister's pregnant. She's going to be having the first grandkid. I'm just so excited to see that little schmuckum. But like, I am just like, it's funny. It's like I have baby fever, but I have absolutely no one to have baby fever with. (laughs) Like I am feeling it so hard. It's like crazy. I'm just like wanting and loving and oh my God. So I I welcome all the babies around me. But um, 
one day, one day, that's all I'm going to say is one day. I will say this though. (laughs) This is my one bone to pick that I have to get out in the open. I have to get this out. It's very serious. And you know, as someone who has tried and tried and tried and has failed, I finally want to come clean. Lipstick is the bane of my existence. Is that the right term? Do you say bane? Is it bane of existence or vein of existence? I think it's bane of existence and that where bane gets like his name and I'm totally just making this up. But lipstick is the bane of my existence. As somebody who also like used to work up as a used to work as a makeup artist has a ton of makeup that I've bought over the years. I have so much lipstick. It's absolutely batshit crazy. And I want to put I went to put lipstick on the other day and it's like it doesn't matter what shade I put on and I hope there's other guys girls out there that feel me that have like tried the whole lipstick like I love people who can do like just a lipstick and a brow or even just a lipstick with like a really natural like face I put on lipstick and I feel like I literally look I mean it is like I'm looking in the mirror at a clown It doesn't matter if it's a light color, if it's a neutral color, if it's, I do like a dark lip and I feel like with a full face of makeup and a dark, dark lip, I can like pass for that. But that's the thing. It's got to be a full face. I tried putting on lipstick the other day. I think I was like going on a date or something and I put lipstick on and I like immediately was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And like took it off. And then you have like the ring around your mouth. It's like, it, 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 it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I can't get over it. I'm 30 years old and I've never been able to like truly just say that I, so I just had to get that out in the open because like it made me so angry because I tried multiple colors and you can never find a color that is like your natural color. I have a couple of, I'm a gloss gal. And quite frankly, I'm just like an aquaphor kind of gal. Like I'm good with just throwing on like, a chapstick, preferably an aquaphor to give you a little bit of glistening glean, you know what I'm saying? And hit the door. But, you know, every now and again, you want to be like, oh, I'm going to wear like a pretty lip and like have the, and it's just like, it is the craziest thing and the hardest thing to find like a lip liner and a lipstick that looks like your lips, but just like is a little bit more. And I feel like that when I line my lips, it doesn't matter. Like I watch all these I watch all these girls and I watch all these influencers like outline their lips and it looks good. I literally tried to even do a little bit and I was like, oh my God, I'm, I literally immediately couldn't even like function looking at myself in the mirror with like a slight overline of a lip and like a fill in. I literally was like, I I look like I'm wearing fake wax lips and it like makes me so angry. And I just had to voice that because I feel like, is there anyone else out there that feels the same way? Like, I want to throw away every single lipstick that I have in my makeup drawer and just and just be done with it and literally just be done with it. In my days of working at Sephora, you bet your ass I would rock a dark lip or even a purple lip. MAC Heroin was one of my favorites. But other than a dark lip and a full face, like I'm just done. I'm done. And I just wanted to talk about it. I wanted to clear it. I wanted to get it off my chest. Um, and anyways, I digress. So <laughs> back to back to Thanksgiving. I don't know if anyone else watches the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Like, I'm obsessed. My family's obsessed. We always watch the Thanksgiving Day Parade. But more, most importantly, we always watch the Purina Dog Show that follows the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And it is the it is the gem of Thanksgiving. John Hurley's voice will always and forever be the Purina Dog Show voice. And when he's gone, I don't know what I'm going to do. But it almost, it like makes me want to go back and watch Best in Show, the kind of mockumentary. I honestly am going to go back and watch it because when I watched it, I was way too young and I didn't think I could like pick up on like the funniness. But like there is a very specific style 
outfit kind of person that is shows a dog and they're all in their same orthopedics and they're all in their flesh colored tights or leggings and they're all in their pencil skirt that comes below the knee and they're in their in their like dated like can we not can we not get an updated like outfit for all those young lads and young lasses in the ring who are showing their dog who were below 40 or even like below like 35 like no for the 35 year old there's gotta be a better outfit I mean you can keep wearing the pencil skirt keep wearing the little orthopedic flats with your off-toned flesh colored tight but you can't tell me that there is not a better jacket or there is not a better something of a something of the other that you can wear while you're walking your dog around that ring it I mean it is like it is like if you go and watch Best in Show, the movie, and I think Eugene Levy is in Best in Show, if I'm not mistaken, but I I just find it so hard to believe that there's like nothing else that they can wear. But Eugene Levy is is in Best in Show, and he was actually one of the writers, and Catherine O'Hara is in Best in Show too, which if anyone out there is Schitt's Creek fans, you know that they star in Schitt's Creek together. Um, but I think I'm going to go back and watch Best in Show Oh my God, Fred Willard, RIP, Jennifer Coolidge. Oh my God, I have to go back. Jay Brazil, Michael Hitchcock. Yeah, that's that. That's that. I have to go back and watch this movie. John Michael Higgins. Okay, he's the one who's in The Breakup and he's in Pitch Perfect. Who's like, and in on the kick drum and drum on the kick on Gary and Gary and that guy, he's in it. I'm going to recommend that we all go back. We blow off a little steam from from the Thanksgiving blunder and watch best in show. But anyways, it's literally the dog show is like, it's just a coveted prize possession. Um, and if you don't watch it, put it on next Thanksgiving. It's like the most amazing thing in the world. However, I will say that there was a little white English bulldog this year named winter two years old. He was a specimen. He was perfect. He was perfect. He got to the final and he was robbed. He was robbed by an ugly ass English wolfhound that won two years in a row. She was seven years old. God love her. She was a, you know, she wasn't, she wasn't ugly. She was a beautiful dog. I mean, not my, not my first choice. Absolutely not my first choice. And it's always a little kooky. They always are a little quirky depending on, and like these best in show judges, God bless. They come out They've been doing this for however many years. They have to know every single breed of dog, every single, like, every single quirk of a dog, every single, like, physical attribute they have to know. It's it's honestly the most crazy thing, but at the same time, just, like, the most, like, hilarious thing to me. And, you know, they come out, they're all freaking knocking on, you know, death's door. I mean, all of these, all of, like, the main judges are. And this year, I think it was a, it was a, it was a man. It was an older man. God bless. Yeah, it was. He was wearing an oxygen tank while he was judging. I mean, they do it to the day they die. It is like this, like this side, it's like this little, um, niche world where I just, I'm completely in love. Oh my God, is Jane Lynch? I think Jane Lynch is in it too. Anyways, I digress. So the Purina Dog Show is just, it's it's just everything. Honestly, I love it more than the Thanksgiving parade. I mean, I love the Thanksgiving parade because nothing now that like the jigs up and we all know that they're like lip syncing. It's taken like me and my family like years to be like, are they lip syncing? I don't know. He looked really good. And to me, like, can you not just like put in a little effort? Like, can you not 
Honestly, if it were me, I would be singing as I was doing it. You got to believe that some of them are, but some of them are like legitimately not even singing. I'm I'm talking about like the musical artists that are like on the floats that stop at that one point. They sing their little bit of a song. You know, it's, it's just, come on, put a little bit of effort in to act like, you know, like you're selling it. But the Thanksgiving Day Parade, I don't even think there was any like crazy standouts or wasn't any like float that got dislodged. They did have a bunch of new floats this year. Avi, Baby Yoda, which like I know no one really gives, I know no one gives a rat's ass about like the floats, but um, I always love it because I always love watching the Broadway performances. Wicked performed this year. Chicago performed this year. Moulin Rouge performed, but let's, let's be really only one that we really honestly, the one that I honestly was looking for um, was Wicked. So that's that on the Thanksgiving gig. I'm, but I'm telling you, watch, watch the dog show next year. Just, just, just watch it. I think one of the things I just really loved about this trip is I was able to kind of like go back to my roots. I, I, I went home early Saturday morning so I was able to like spend the weekend in Cincinnati without like just like starting the work week and like having all my family be at work and friends be at work and not be able to see anyone and I was able to go back and spend Sunday morning at my church um, back in Cincinnati at Crossroads which just meant the world to me to see like there and just to be there and to feel there and just to see like how far I've come spiritually than when I first walked into those doors um, which just seems like forever ago um and to like just watch like our watch our senior pastor preach which he's just so is what made and brought me back to just like my connection with God is he's just he's so um he's just very unconventional and he's just very is a real person and says it like it is might not say the most like PC things but I mean man I just love watching him I love watching him preach and just speak um, I look up to him so much as a speaker, as a communicator, as a storyteller, um, as a believer, and just as like a normal person. So I that was like meant, but just like driving the streets, driving my streets particularly, like not where my family, like, yes, I love like the fam- like the familiarity of like the entire area, but like driving my neighborhood streets, like where I lived and like driving past my my old apartment to get to church, to like get to my church, just it was just so good feeling. I just loved, I loved where I lived. I loved my old apartment. It, I transformed in that apartment in the three years that I lived there. I became who I am today. I formed myself into like the woman that I am. Like I was able to launch myself into an entirely new state and an entirely new, like not a new life, but like, like a new chapter from that like cocoon like literally is how I pictured it I just I've never felt like just such more of like leaving that leaving that apartment was so hard because I just loved it so much and it wasn't anything like it wasn't it wasn't entirely new like the building was old it was an older building like it just it just the bones were good you know as Maren Morris says if the bones are good the rest don't matter but no really um you know I I don't know. It's I love where I came from. I love Cincinnati. And it's I even living there, I said I loved Cincinnati. You know, you always complain about where you live and meh, 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 because like you don't really realize what's there in front of you. But I love Cincinnati. I think it's an 
there's so much going on that you don't even like realize when you live there um and I look forward to the day that I go back but it's just not yet you know um and I'll know when it's time and maybe it won't it won't be time but I feel like I feel in my bones that there will there will be a time when I go back and I don't know when I don't know how many years I know that I still have a few more I have a couple other places you know even coming up where I want to live but um I just I love it there and I don't know I picture maybe eventually going back and buying a house but um yeah it's just not now and it's not next year and it's probably not the year after that but I don't know. We'll see. It's just, it just holds such a special place in my heart and I just love it. Um, so yeah, that's my little, um, that's my little sentiment about going home and just, I don't know if you're in the same boat or if you're thinking about moving, I I say, do it. I say, do it and go and experience other places. It's been, it's been so eye opening, even in just like coming up on a year and, um, you know, I'm making changes. Like I'm going to be, I'm going to be moving again in a couple of months. Like I'm staying in the same area. I'm just actually going to be moving to the downtown area, which I cannot await. I cannot, I cannot. Okay, cool. It's going to be yet another chapter. And I, I have my bearings a little bit here and I know what I want a little more in an area of where I want to live. I need to live somewhere that is more urbanized I need to live somewhere where there are establishments more than one entertainment establishments around where there's a hustle and a bustle it doesn't need to be New York City but it just I need that I need that energy I need that inspiration I love that feel and I realize that And I'm going to then pursue and move forward and go after what I want. And that is going to be another move. And it's going to be a couple of crazy months. I don't know why I keep saying words and adding an uh at the end. (laughs) It's very strange. Very Mario-like. But I am going to be moving in February. The beginning of February. And it's going to be great. Like I said, coming off the tail end of the holiday season and packing and moving but I am looking forward to it. I, I, There's been something happening and I'm going to try to understand it. And it's been bizarre. So the, my entire life, I've grown up with my name, Megan. And it's spelled M-E-G-A-N, right? And I, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. I've had a very like love-hate relationship with my name growing up. I've never been a big fan of it. I mean, that's ter- that's terrible to say that like you don't like your name. Obviously, like I am me and people know me by my name, but I just have never I just have never I don't know. I guess I wanted something a little bit more with a little bit more pizzazz. Uh yeah, I think that's just I I just have always had this feeling. And maybe it's because I never, I, I never heard it anywhere. I never saw it anywhere. There was like two other people in my high school named, or there was like one other person. There was one or two other people in my high school named Megan. But other than that, there was, I, I never heard or saw it anywhere. And I just have always just been kind of 
eh about it. Coming into it, I am starting to love it more and to accept it as who I am. But just have, you know, have just kind of been meh. So recently, it's been bizarre. I mean, this has been like a long time thing. So in like the last couple of weeks, I'm talking like two to three weeks, it has been this weird flooding of like my name everywhere. It's honestly starting to creep. It's 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 truly starting to creep me out to the point because I like never I'm talking people like I never meet Megan's and when I do meet Megan it's like spelled dumb. Like okay sorry if you're listening your name is Megan you spell it differently. It's not dumb but like spelled like M-E or like with a with an A after the E or an H or like just something bizarre and I'm like oh no like that's not that's not really like the OG way. But besides that, it like never happens once again. So in like the last three weeks, it it all kicked off when I started watching. And it's gonna, the name is gonna fail me. But it is like the third installment of a shark series, like a shark movie series. And it's the one, Open Water, Open Water. It was Open Water 3. I'm watching Open Water 3, right? Okay. And because I went through a little like shark bender movie around Halloween. I was watching the end yeah the end of October and the lead girl's name was Megan and it was spelled M-E-G-A-N and I was like okay well it's gonna take like a c-rated like low budge movie to get me to have like a lead character with my name but like I'll take it so like that was the first okay it was Megan in Open Water 3 but then it just kind of kept unraveling so then I went home or no right before I went home I was on campus for work I was on University of South Carolina's campus and I was in their math department I was in their break room and I was setting stuff up for all of my math or all of my teachers who um who use my product and there was this girl in there and she just kind of started chatting with me and I said my name and she was like oh I'm Megan and I'm like oh my god and she was like do you spell it M-E-G-N. I was like, yeah, girl, I do. And it was like just another little quick moment. And I was like, oh my God, that was so nice. And like, so great to meet another Megan. And like, Megan's get it. We're like, do you spell it the right way? And I'm like, have you, like, you've, you do, do you, do you meet, meet a lot of Megans? And she was like, no. I was like, okay, so I'm not the only one. Then I'm watching another, I mean, and this is like people like within a matter of days, this starts happening. Then I'm watching another like Christmas movie and the lead girl's name is Megan. And I'm like, okay, okay, okay. What's going on? Like, have we run out of names and we're like scraping the bottom of the barrel and we're trying to find names now and you're using Megan? Once again, spelled M-E-G-A-N. I was like, okay, what's going on? Then driving home, I was listening to one of my favorite shows, one of my radio shows. And one of, and I know there's like millions of names all the time and like whatever, but like the, one of their main highlight callers that they were giving advice to, his name was Megan. And I was like, what is going? going on then the night that I get home my sister and I like as I'm driving like we get home that night my sister and I go into home goods and we're looking at Christmas decorations and I'm you know gazing upon a shelf of different colored trees and I hear right behind me a mom go like okay Megan like I get and I'm like I literally stop dead in my tracks and I turn around and I kind of have these moments where I like act like I'm breaking the fourth wall of my own like private like kind of um not man on the moon but moment of is this really happening? 
And I kind of like make a face. I'm like, okay, I literally just heard that little girl's name, Megan. I'm now I'm officially freaked out. Okay, it continues to get crazier. So then I go like, it's two days later, like Monday. I go Monday, or I forget, God, I forget what day it was. Wednesday? Doesn't matter. A few days later, I go and get brunch with one of my best friends. And I put my name in for the wait and we get seated after waiting and having a little shopping trip with the little baby, with her baby. And we sit down and the waiter, the waitress goes, which one of you is Megan? And I look at her and I go, I am. She goes, I'm Megan. I'm like, what is going <laughs> What is going on? And I go, and I like have to tell her, I say, okay, I have to tell you, like, I'm having this like crazy, like I'm, I'm like experiencing and I'm hearing Megan all the time and I never used to hear it. And I was like, how, and she was like, how do you spell it? And I was like, M-E-G-N. And she's like, me too. And I was like, oh my God, girl. I was like, I was like, did you grow up like never hearing your name either? And she was like, yeah, like I just, and I was like, this is crazy. And I like made a, I, we were like having a moment and like, I was like, this is so crazy to me. I said, you don't even understand. I said, this has been happening in like the last couple of days where I'm just like getting bombarded by Megan. Then we watched another Hallmark movie. This was on Hallmark and it was a new show, The Lead Girls, Megan. And at that point, I like don't even like, I'm like, I'm completely desensitized now. Then I'm watching Guy Fieri's grocery, whatever. And the guy who wins is like, I just really wanted to, I just really wanted to get the money to buy, to buy a, an engagement ring for my fiance, Megan. And I was like, you have got to be kidding me. Like, what is going on? So I just wanted to bring that to light and I'm going to go deep digging and just try to find some kind of meditate, pray and find like what big man upstairs is like trying to tell me because he's like calling me out multiple times and it's starting to freak me out. I mean, I'm literally telling you my entire life, I have never heard my name in a movie I have never met other people with it spelled the same way. I've never heard the name being called out in a store. I've never had so many consecutive back-to-back synchronous, like, not that I'm like, I'm not seeking any of these out, but it just like keeps slapping me in the face. And I'm like, okay, so like, we're going to get down to the bottom of it. And I will report back on like any like enlightenments that I have, any messages from above that I get um, on what's going on. But um my name's being called. So uh, just absolutely nuts. Absolutely, absolutely nuts. So what are we watching? What are you watching? What's going on? What are we watching? So uh, what did I watch? What did I watch this last, um, this last week? The first thing I watched was the Jonas family, Jonas Brothers roast. I saw like a preview of it and I was like, God, I love a good roast, but I love a good roast when it has to do with the Jonas Brothers. And I came home. Oh yeah, that was Wednesday night, aka the biggest, the biggest bar night of the year, the night before Thanksgiving. I literally texted my parents at 9.15, asked them to pick me up and they came and got me. I went home, made a flatbread pizza, housed it and sat down on the couch and watched the Jonas Family Roast. That was my night before Thanksgiving. And you know what? I loved every absolute minute of it. Prior to that, I did have some visitation. I did see some friends, which was nice. But um, yeah, it wasn't any like big old banger. You know, is that 30? No, because I would have, if the night would have taken me where it would have taken me, I was open to suggestion. I was open to it, but it just, that wasn't where it was taking me. So I went home and watched the Jonas Brothers um, Roast. 
honestly really, really witty, really funny. I love, especially after all that they've been through, I love that they can sit back and make fun of themselves. They had the wives on, which like also like I'm a I'm a big shtick gal. So the fact that they brought all the wives on, um, Pri- Priyanka, uh, Sophie, and Danielle, they roasted them. Pete Davidson roasted them. He was there uh, a couple of times. He popped in, which was really funny. Who? I'm totally blanking. Oh, yeah. Keenan Thompson hosted. You know what? Keenan Thompson is such an anomaly to me. I've been watching him since all that on Nickelodeon and uh, Welka or in Good Burger, which is just an American treasure. But Keenan Thompson is someone who he's had a long he's had I think he's had one of the longest standing um, castings on SNL. And I'm not even kidding you. I've never in my life have ever thought that Keenan Thompson's funny. Keenan Thompson plays every single role as Keenan Thompson. And always like he's like kind of on like the brink of laughing. But like you like watching him anyways because he's so endearing. And like I'm pro. I'm not saying like I'm not pro Keenan Thompson. So don't come at me. But I've never found myself like laughing out loud at him. Now, Kel Mitchell, like entirely different story. Like welcome to Good Burger, home of the Good Burger, can I take your order kind of story. But yeah, so Keenan Thompson hosted, and it's it's funny, it's quick. I think it's only like an hour, um, but really enjoyed it. All the girls killed it. I don't know if, there's no way that they wrote their own jokes. Like, maybe they had like a say. They definitely had somebody like sit down with them, and I, I'd be interested to go in to like do some more research and do it and see like how the girls wrote their monologues. They all killed it though, except for Danielle. She didn't because, which is Kevin's wife, and they have two little girls, she didn't because I guess her throat was hurting. So she did a whole like love actually moment where she held signs. But then I think Keenan actually delivered Kevin's roast from Danielle. But then like Priyanka did Nick's and Sophie did Joe's, which they both killed it because they're like performers. Danielle might have just been like a little too nervous and like it's not her bag. She's really not like, yeah, they had like their, their reality show, but she's not really like like a fame sucker or like needs to be in the light. Like obviously like if that was me up there, like I 100% would have delivered my own monologue. Like you bet your bottom dollar, but like, you know, been there, like I've, I've done that. So like now that I think about it, maybe like the whole sick thing was, a, was like a total scam and she just like didn't want to deliver it. But Sophie and Priyanka did a really great job. I, I, I hope I'm saying, am I not pronouncing her name right? Priyanka Chopra. Okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna just gonna slip right past and move on. Um, so it's funny. It's entertaining. I give it a like it, it's done really fun. Like they have a couple skits in it. Like I said, they have some fun pop up guests. Um, so if you're like if you're, you know, if you're into that thing, definitely give it a watch because it's like a fun, lighthearted watch. I also watched um Shang Chi, finally, Shang Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings, starring um Simu Lu and Aquafina. And I absolutely loved it, which is like the new, the newer Marvel and our first um, Asian American superhero, which like, can I just say that nothing gets me more choked up than seeing and like, we haven't seen it yet with this with um, Shang-Chi because it just came out. But seeing children being able to have a superhero to look up to is just like the most amazing thing in the world. We have had superhero, and as, 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 as I'm saying we, us white people, have had superhero after superhero after superhero to look up to. And I was actually recently watching um, Sean, 
totally losing. He's the one of the beach body and he was the creator of insanity and all those. Um, oh my God, I can totally lose slipping his last name, but I was watching him on his Instagram and his two little boys who he has with his husband and setting up like their birthday party and they like ran into the room and they were like so excited because they had Black Panther everywhere. Um, and you know, his babies are obviously mixed, but like are, you know, they're, they're, they're black babies and they have this superhero to look up to. And I know that like so many other kids have that to look up to. And it just is like the most, I don't know. It like moved me so much for them to be so excited. And I've seen like other kids and other families, um, reference Black Panther and have these kids be so excited to like have action figures and costumes um, of a superhero that looks like them. It just is, it just, it like makes me so emo and I love it. So I'm just so excited that we have our first Asian American superhero. And for all those babies and kids growing up that they get to now have superheroes that look like them, that talk like them, um, that have their have their culture and that's that's important that's like so important I like don't even think we realize how important as a child that is to have those those characters and those people to look up to so I'm just like that whole that whole thing alone like moves me but I'm not gonna lie and I wish I would have saw it in theaters um it was so good I mean I love and I think I probably loved it so much because there is that very much like, like, like Asian spirit, like culture that is so embedded in like all of these, like not mystic, but these just ancient, like these ancient traditions and like ancient stories and that I just love about like they're, you know, they're, there's just a lot of elements in this movie that, I was so into I thought the the CGI was amazing the acting was great so um um Shang-Chi is played by Simu Lu and then Aquafina who is probably best know her from Crazy Rich Asians she was like his funny sidekick um and they were great together I was just captivated from like the moment I sat down the story's really great the imagery, the costuming, I mean, it's, it's Marvel. So like they, honestly, I think it's one of my favorite that I've seen. It's, it's one of my favorites. And I was not expecting that at all. Just not because of any reason. I just was wondering, I just had, obviously, because of exposure and because there's not exposure. Um, and I'm not like super, in-depth into like Marvel comics but this was like a whole new story and a whole new world that kind of opened up for me as far as like that realm and I love how they brought in the Doctor Strange universe a little bit with one of their side characters and I did not watch an idiot but I didn't haven't watched the after credit yet but allegedly they hint at potentially another Avengers at the end credit which big, big, big fan. But if you're a Marvel fan at all and have not seen Shang-Chi and the Legend of Ten of the Ten Rings, go and run and see it. It was incredible. I mean, I wanted to watch it again when it finished. And that rarely happens to me. The last time that I can think of like off the top of my head real right quick 
of me wanting to watch a movie after I and did watch it after I stopped or after I finished it was The Prestige starring Christian Bale, Hugh Jackman and Michael Caine. And it was so good. I had to watch it over. But this was one of the movies where I could have sat and watched it over right then and there. So I know that there are 10 rings, but I am going to go and I am going to give this movie, I'm going to give this movie five out of five rings because it was that good and I cannot wait to watch more. Oh my gosh, I might even go watch it. Load it up on the docket. Best, best in show. Shang-Chi again. I mean, it was so good. Highly recommend. And the third thing that I watched, which also just I thought was excellent and supreme. And I was so impressed by Netflix for being the ones to produce it. But anything with Lin-Manuel Miranda directing and behind, I'm not shocked at all. But I watched Tick, Tick, Boom, which I have been waiting for which stars Andrew Garfield, who you probably know from Hacksaw Ridge, The Social Network, The Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2. He also dated Emma Stone, and I was devastated when they broke up. But it's for the best, you know? I I wish them both well. So Tick, Tick, Boom is the story of the American composer Jonathan Larson. And Jonathan Larson is responsible for one of the greatest musicals of all time and a musical that broke so many boundaries and opened up the world to different stories, different people. It it just, to just an inclusivity that Broadway had not seen before. Jonathan Larson wrote, uh, he wrote a couple of musicals, but the musical that you're going to know most is Rent. And the most devastating part of the whole story and Jonathan Larson's story, which, you know, his his legacy lives on so much, is that he died the morning, the morning that Rent was supposed to open up on Broadway. It's opening night. It's opening day. And um, he passed from an aortic embolism, which actually was misdiagnosed and apparently they say that if it would have been properly diagnosed at the time with surgery, he might, he might've lived, but that's like, I, I like read that and was like absolutely devastated. I was like, I wish I never would have even read that. Um, and it's just, once again, it's just such a Shakespearean kind of death, right? So it really like this is, his story is so, um, inspiring because he worked at a diner and he wrote, he wrote and he wrote and he wrote and it goes through his it's it's really it's really beautifully done Andrew Garfield is I have been obsessed with him I mean I thought he did like Oscar winning work in Spider-Man I thought after watching Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man I think Andrew Garfield just like opened my eyes and thought he was like such a perfect Spider-Man because he is gawky and nerdy and artsy and weird and I just, he's my favorite Spider-Man. I'm going to be completely honest. I am going to, and I will be dedicated to sitting down and thoroughly watching Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I have seen bits and pieces of every movie like multiple times. I've not seen them through. I've been distracted. I promise. I just, I don't connect with him. I'll say it. I don't connect with him the way that I connected with Andrew Garfield as my Spider-Man. So he will always and forever be my Spider-Man. But um, I'm jacked about uh, the new Spider-Man coming up. 
and want to get up to date with that. But Tick, Tick, Boom was phenomenal. There is, it is, it it is a musical movie. So there is singing in it. Uh, Like I said, he's fantastic. Andrew Garfield's fantastic. Um, Looks like Jonathan Larson. And uh, there was some other, some other familiar faces, which if you're somebody who watches or is familiar at all with anything that's like kind of Broadway film and like mesh, you'll see some uh, familiar faces in the movie. Lin-Manuel Miranda did an absolute incredible job. Also a, um, also an American composer who was safe to say going to be, he's already made history. Uh, It's really actually quite sad because in the movie, in the story, we learn of how Stephen Sondheim, who is in all um, one of the greats of the greats of the greats, if not the greatest American composer who actually just God recently passed within the last two, three days. Um, they show him in the movie and the impact that he had on Jonathan Larson's life when no one thought like when everyone was confused by his musicals and didn't understand uh, he showed how he was touched by like his interactions with him. And it's just, it's really great. It's not going to be for everybody. So if you're somebody who enjoys musicals, if you enjoy musical movies, then it's really great. The songs are, it's, it's more of like a rock musical because that was Jonathan Larson. That, that was him. So they're all, um, you know, songs of his and you're going to hear if you've ever watched Rent or if you've seen Rent on Broadway, you're going to definitely, it was really cool to hear just such like familiar sounds before Rent was even a thing. Um, so yeah, it, it follows his story and follows his story right up to when he started to go back and revisit Rent and write it. Um, but when he was in this period of writing his musical Suburbia for eight years and just his friendships and his relationships and himself and turning 30 and kind of grappling with that, which was like so like resonated with me so hard. I was like, okay, like this timing is insane. But um, I'm personally going to give it. I mean, it was I was I was flabbergasted that I had watched that because, you know, you're just always nervous when Netflix slaps its its thing on it. Netflix knows how to do a really great show. Movies sometimes not so much, but Lin-Manuel Miranda would not have slapped his name on anything if it wasn't going to be absolutely superb, phenomenal. So I'm going to give it I mean, I'm truly like, I know I feel like I'm handing them out, but I, I don't care. These two were amazing. I'm going to give it five out of five, five out of five pianos for Jonathan Larson, RIP. It was so good. Once again, so if you are a musical person, you enjoy musical movies, you're definitely going to like it. It's upbeat. The music's good. The story, the way it's filmed, c- cinematography, everything is great. The acting is great. You're going to see like a weird cameo from like Vanessa Hudgens, which like good for her, but she's in there. So that's what I watched. That's what I watched this past week. And I feel good about it. I feel really good about it. Well, y'all, once again, it's always kind of bittersweet when we end, but it just always, just always feels good. So that's it for this week's episode. Hope you enjoyed. If you're still listening at this point, love you tons. Thank you so much for listening. Um, This has been another episode of Mad Yet Mighty. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone, and I will see you next time. 